I pray for you? Father, we thank you that you are unchanging. We thank you that in a, in a world where, where stuff is unclear, that you don't change. And we thank you that your will for us is to be part of a plan, is to be part of something that would blow our minds, that is beyond what we can even think, hope, or imagine. Holy Spirit, just fall on us right now. Open our minds and our hearts to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Have a seat. Brilliant. Um, I'm actually completely a, a convert to reading Bible from technology. Um, a number of years ago, I sold, well, I didn't sell it, but we, we had a fundraiser and I, I had a, I had the Bible I'd had for a long time, you know, and it was all marked up and uh, you had, had the damage that you'd expected to get from me. <laughs> and, and we had a, had a fundraising auction here for something and, um, and we sold it. It was, uh, it was bought by a, a great, um, great Indian friend of ours and, 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 and he, he paid good money for the Bible and somebody got the benefit of it. And, and then I bought another Bible thinking I'd go to a different translation and then the, uh, the print was too small for me. And I've just never bothered with another one. So, so there you go. Your pastor doesn't have a Bible. But uh, I do. I, I, I just encourage you, just do whatever you've got to do to, to read the Bible because, um, you know, if paperwork's for you, great. But these things work for me. Uh, I can blow it up to whatever size. I can get any version I like. I can read it wherever I like. Um, all, all those things. So there is so many ways that you can actually get the word into you in this in this day and age. So you know, don't don't let any any of those things stop you. But it's interesting, isn't it? I don't know why I'm segueing into this, but I've just felt like I needed to. Um, it's like most things, actually, at the moment. We've got more access to stuff than ever, but often we use it less. We're more, as a society, we're more connected through our technology, uh, but stats tell us that loneliness is higher than ever. We've got more access, you know, to the Word of God, and and, um, Simon talked about podcasts. There is just so much that we've got access to. But in a, in a busy world, it, sometimes it just feels like it's all overload and we, we pull back. Just remember where we've been going this morning. God doesn't change. The, the, the methods, the technology, all that stuff moves very fast. But he doesn't change. Let's just make sure that we're, we're getting through. We're listening to him. We are reading the word. We're hearing what he wants to do in our lives. I've been talking about fruitfulness and in one of my electronic dictionaries, just to go there again, I looked up uh, fruitfulness and it said bearing fruit in abundance, being productive or prolific, um, especially in bearing fruit. On, um, on show day, I was lucky enough, I actually had a day with uh, my wife, Alex, is away bushwalking and, and our kids weren't with us. And so 
I rode up to Bothwell and, and back over Hollitree and round it, a great big ride. And then Jen saw it on, on something and made a comment about me preaching about it. And I said, Jen, nothing, nothing that much happened. I had a great day and my legs were empty, but, but there, wasn't, there wasn't one of those things to tell you about. So I'm going to tell you about my garden instead. Um, Jemima and Alex are not here, so we can't get the uh, Yates Gardening Guide jokes. But, but what we did is, is a little while back, we, we started about midwinter, every Monday. Monday's our day off. Alex and I have been just going hard doing um, some fairly significant landscaping jobs around our house. And, and it's been just consistent through that, that time. And we've... And, and, we used to live in this little cottage in Lena Valley and everything we went to do was hard because we had big gum trees and, you know, everything was, it was an old house and everything was just hard to do. And anyway, this, this house we're in now, we seem to be able to get bigger things done much easier and most things are actually working quite, quite easy. So we've got, we've taken on a whole lot of landscaping and we've sown lawns and we've done all this stuff. And in our backyard, we, um, we put in a, in a retaining wall and we sort of, leveled up part of the, the back lawn and then um, I, was, I was lucky and privileged enough to be able to wheelbarrow um, five metres of, of, of loam into that area. I, I did actually put something up on social media about people coming and helping. I would even ply them with beer, whatever. No one came. I did it solo. It's just guilt, just to make you feel bad. But actually, I only put it on a closed social media group, so there you go can't feel glad and anyway we've we've done all that we've pretty much got it done and the 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 lawn we sat out the front because we sowed it earlier and it's and it's more exposed to to the wind and it's been sort of slow it's just starting to get going now but it's taken a long time but this one out the back it was only it was only 10 days ago um, that I actually sowed it. It was a Tuesday morning before I went to work and we'd run out of seed and I raced down to Bunnings, got some more seed and sowed, sowed this lawn and rolled the seed in. And, um, and within four days, we, then we got all that rain. Within four days, uh, the, the seed, yeah, grass seed ha- has got this interesting thing. It, it actually starts to swell up be- before it spr- um, sprouts, I suppose is the term. Uh, and, then, and then instead of going green, you get this reddy, purpley colour. And you know, when you see that, you think, good, it's about to go. And, and it, it did that very quickly, and, and then it started to grow. And, and, and right now, 10 days later, you know, I've got a, a lawn in the backyard that's nearly ready to mow. Like, like the grass would, would be, you know, about 50 or 60 mil high, these blades of grass. And, and it has grown in a, what I would call a prolific manner. It has really taken off. And I started to think about that and the walk that we're called to walk. The way that you are called to live is not sort of like, a, like our front lawn so much that struggle to get going. You know what? There'll be times of struggle, but you are called to be productive. You're called to be fruitful. And your life is actually called to be prolific. It's not meant to, yes, it is going to be hard at times, but if, if there's not any results, if, if you're not making a difference, there's something that is not quite working. Because Jesus said that you are called to be fruitful. 
And on one level, that's very challenging because we think, well, what, what's going on if we're not? And at another level, I think it's incredibly encouraging because it doesn't matter who you are. The Bible also tells us that, that God is no respecter of person. In other words, he didn't create some productive, fruitful people and, and he created another class of people that just get by. No, he said, when you come into the kingdom of God, you actually get the very DNA of Jesus Christ in you. And that means if that is in you and you're in the conditions that he's called you, you'll be like that grass seed that I put down in our backyard. It just won't be able to help but come to life and grow and reproduce. That is the calling that is on your life when you come into the kingdom of God. The reasons that, that that lawn probably grew as well as it did is was the the weather conditions and, and the loam I put down was this stuff called lawn mix and it seemed to, to work really well and then we had great rain and, and great water. It was all it was all happening. But it was actually a bit of hard work that was done prior to that. It was some hard work that was done in, in putting a, a base down so that that seed could come to life as quickly as it did. And I want to encourage you that that work has been done for you. When Jesus died on the cross, that is a finished work. It continues, but it's not like he's, he's, he's going back and having to redo stuff. When I was an auto electrician, at times, you know, you'd do a job and you'd try your best, but sometimes just stuff went wrong and people would bring something back. And, and in, the, in the industry, we had this thing called rework. <laughs> in other words, having to do your job again. No one likes doing that. Jesus is not having to go back and do rework about what he did on the cross. It is finished, it is complete, and it is perfect. And if we come into the kingdom of God, we actually are like being planted into a place where we cannot help but grow and be productive. And it says this in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God's intent and hope is that you will do, that he will do more through you than you can ask, think, or imagine. Isn't that amazing? He's actually done the groundwork. He's done the preparation for you to live a prolific life. He's he's already done it. It's there for you to live that sort of life. It says this, and here's where we've been been going in the last couple of weeks. John 15. And um, I'm reading from the New Living Version, because it just puts a little, little bit of a different slant on this. And it says... I am the true vine. This is Jesus talking through John. My father is the one who cares for the vine. He takes away any branch in me that does not bear fruit or give fruit. And any branch that gives fruit, he cuts it back so it will give more fruit. You are made clean by the words I have spoken to you. Get your life from me. And I will live in you. No branch can give fruit by itself. It has to get life from the vine. 
Underline that in your Bible, however it fits. It has to get life from the vine. You are able to give fruit only when you have life in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Get your life from me, then I will live in you and you will give much fruit. You can do nothing without me. If anyone does not get his life from me, he is cut off like a branch and dries up. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. If you get your life from me and my words live in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done. When you give much fruit, my father is honored. This shows that you are my followers. I have loved you just as my father has loved me. Stay in my love, obey my teaching, and you will live in my love. In this way, I have obeyed my Father's teaching and live in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. Jesus spoke these words to his disciples probably as they were with him in the upper room and about to leave into the next unknown season of their life. And he used pictures that were very common and and seen everywhere around Israel because in Israel, even even at the front of the temple, they they had a big big bronze casting of, of a vine. You see, Israel themselves as a, as a nation understood and thought of themselves as the vine. That they, they understood that, that God was using them to actually bring a message to others. Now, they didn't always get that right in, in, in how they outworked that, but they understood that they were the vine, that there was something about life and about God's will that was being outworked through them. So they understood that from a, from a natural point of view, there, there were grapevines all over that part of the world and and they understood how to care for them and they understood how it works. So it was a very, very up-to-date and current analogy that Jesus was using. You see, but the interesting thing is Israel understood the analogy and they understood in the sense that they were God's vine. But in the new covenant, since Jesus died on the cross, we actually need to identify with himself rather than a a country, a nation, or even the church. See, we are the church. Jesus is the vine, so our connection is directly to him. And if you read that, sometimes you think about us as the church, you know, being the vine, but it says, no, it says actually Jesus is the vine, And he says, my father is the vine dresser, the one who looks after it. So here's a big change between the Old Testament and the New Testament. You see, in the Old Testament, there was a nation and a country that was the vine. In the New Testament, after Jesus died on the cross, he becomes the vine. He becomes the very thing that supports and holds and gives life to every single branch that would go out from that day forward. That was the big difference. We still live under the new covenant. We live in a time where, you know what, he says, you know, you're not the vine. We are branches. And we are connected to the vine. And we get our life from the vine. And and we have got to understand that 
there is no other way to get life than by being connected to the vine, and the vine is Jesus himself. The Bible commentator David Gizek says this, he says, the branch depends on the vine more than the sheep depends on the shepherd or the child depends on a father. So he's actually showing us the importance of this analogy compared to, to other Bible ones that we read. As Jesus was about to depart from his disciples, this was an important encouragement. He said he would remain united to them and they in him as true as as truly as branches are connected to the main vine. So number one, how do we, how do we live in a, in a prolific manner? How do we thrive? How do we thrive um, here in Hobart? How do we thrive in the Derwent Valley? And good morning to everybody in the valley this morning. Uh, I bet you're having a great morning up there. Um, the weather would be beautiful. I didn't get to, to drive up the river much this morning, but... It looks like it would be a spectacular morning up there. So we're, we're so pleased that you're here and we're all here together as a church. But how, how, do, we, how do we live in a prolific manner? Um, not just a, a sort of just get it done manner. How, how do we actually, how do we thrive? No, no one wants to, to live in a, in a sort of a, a just get by sort of way. But I think sometimes the problem is in our Christian thinking where, where Paul gave us some good advice. He said, you know what, keep your, keep your heads down, do the right thing. You know, don't, don't try and track, uh, attract unnecessary attention to yourself. Don't, don't expect that you've got you've to do all sorts of grandiose things. But, but he didn't say that you shouldn't be fruitful. He, he, he actually, but, but we sometimes turn that around and we think, okay, no, I've just got to be faithful. I've just got to get by. I've just got to do the right thing. I've just got to make sure I don't, ha- you know, do too many bad things or, or my marriage doesn't fall off the rails or we sort of get some people through. No, he didn't call you just to be faithful. He called you to be fruitful. He called you to be fruitful. And that means to reproduce. That means that, 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 that what your legacy is, is actually going to go on beyond your lifetime and beyond where you are right now. So to live in a prolific way, number one, you've got to get your life from Jesus. Get your life from Jesus. There are products, there are places, and, and th- we can go to get life and energy, and some of them are necessary. Um, for me, you know, that ride I did on show day, even though it depletes me of energy in a whole lot of ways, it re-energizes me in other ways. And, and that's a good thing. Yes, Jen, I knew I'd work it in. And that is a, that's a good thing for me, but it's not going to help me be fruitful in a kingdom sense by itself. Because that will not provide the life that I need to be productive in the kingdom of God. There is only one place I can get that, and that is to draw my very life and my very existence from Jesus Christ. There is no other way to do that. Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. In other words, you've got to decide that you're going to actually live in me, that, that, that I am the one who sustains you, that there is no other way to do it. And you know, the, the saddest Christians are the people that have come into the kingdom of God and got a revelation of that and started to live that way. And then it feels too hard and somehow they try to live outside of that and you will never, ever be happy again. I think the saddest people and most frustrated people in the world are those that know where the life is, 
but through disillusionment and disappointment or whatever, uh, are living outside of that. It is a hard place to live because you always know where you should be and need to be and you know where your life is. So let's make sure that we don't get to that place, that we live in Jesus and he lives in us. To live prophetically, to live prolifically or thrive, verse 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Get your life from me. Then I will live in you and you will give much fruit. You can do nothing without me. I think the second thing that we've got to understand is, is actually who we are. In this analogy, Jesus says you're a branch. He didn't say you're a leaf. He said you're a branch. He didn't say you're a grape. <laughs> he didn't say you're a piece of fruit. <laughs> he didn't say you're a fruitcake. He, he actually said, I, I can say that, but he wouldn't say that. He said you're a branch, not a leaf. And when you, when you grow, when you grow a, a grape, when you grow grape vines, the, did you know that the, the, the vines and the branches, they're not the most exciting bits of it to look at, are they? And if you've got a grapevine in your yard, I know Grant and Gaynor have got one in their yard, and when they get going, you actually, you don't particularly see the branches and the vine, you know, they get very leafy, and you see all the leaves. You know, the leaves look good, the leaves the leaves have got a job to do, obviously they're integral in the whole thing working, but the, the leaves are not what we're called to be. Pastor Dan's family, and Dan's at the valley this morning, they've got, they've got a vineyard down at Richmond. And um, I know if you want to talk to Dan, he'll tell you all about grapevines and, and wine and all sorts of things if you've got a couple of hours. But they don't grow their vines for the leaves. In fact... If they wanted to collect stuff up, I, I reckon you could, you could get, you could get, you'd end up with more leaves in the truck than you would grapes. They grow the grapevines for the fruit. They grow the grapevines for the grapes. We're not called to be the vine. You don't have to hold everything up. Jesus does that. You're not called to be a leaf that looks good, feels good, sounds good, but comes and goes with the seasons. You see, the the leaves have only got a short lifespan. They come and they fall off and they come again the next season. You're You're not actually called to be that sort of follower of Jesus where you sort of burst out into life and then shrivel up and then it goes and and that's it. You look good for a little while and then it's gone. You're actually called to be a branch. We can look good, we can sound good, we can wave around in the breeze, but it's the branch, not the leaves, that support and produce the fruit. If you're a branch... You are connected and you get your nutrients from the vine. You are lovingly cared for 
so that your life will be fruitful. So it's not about looking good, sounding good. It's about truly being connected. And it's actually more important. And, and I reckon, I reckon the, last, the last season of the church where we've probably taken great strides in perhaps looking a bit better in some ways and being more contemporary and all that sort of thing, but sometimes that has been at the loss of true connection, where, where, where people, people find themselves getting saved to an environment or a culture or an atmosphere or a style. And then when the pressure comes on, they wither like a seasonal leaf because they actually didn't really understand what it was to be connected to the vine who is Jesus who actually really gives us life. And I, I, don't, think, I don't think as churches we need to decide that we're, we're not going to be attractive and we're not going to do all we can to, to be able to do what we do well and, and reach people, but we've got to understand that we never, never want to trade that off to real true connection that actually sustains life. Because if there's no fruit, there'll be no new wine, as we sang about. There's got to be fruit so that there's new wine. As a church, you are the branches. And I think this is really cool as I thought about that, that you have been given the freedom to reach. See, a branch reaches. Companies and Departments of government and things have branches all over the place, don't they? And, you know, you have a head in, in Australia, you know, mostly have head offices in Melbourne or Sydney, and then they have branches all over the place. And why do they put a branch? Why don't they just work from, from one place? Well, well, branches are put there to reach, to, to reach and, and actually deliver you know, services and, and make profit or whatever they're doing into different parts of, of, of our community. See, branches actually reach. See, Jesus has actually given you the freedom. He said, you know what, well, you're a branch, but I am giving you reach. I want you to reach wherever you are. I want you to reach into government. I, I want you to reach into media. I want you to reach into education. I I want you to reach into health. I want you to reach into family. I want you to reach into subcultures. I want you to reach into suburbs. I want you to, I want you to reach into, into, into people groups. I, I want you to reach all these different places. And that's, that's the picture here. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, and, and your branches are, are going to grow and they're going to reach. They're, they're going to reach into government and subcultures and families and all sorts of areas and be fruitful in those areas. And, and, and that's why we're called branches, because we actually grow and we reach into those areas and our fruit should be actually seen and experienced and actually bring life in those areas that we reach. So there's no point being a, you know, a great person in your church and a pain in the wherever in your workplace. 
You know, you can be very fruitful there, but, 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 but over, over there there is no fruit. Well, you've got to ask, am I really connected to the vine? Well, is there a blockage that is stopping me getting life? That means I am fruitful wherever I am because you are called to reach and you are called to be fruitful in those places. Live as a branch, not a leaf. Live as a branch, not a leaf. You see, a leaf will come, it will go, it will wither up, it will look good for a season. People will talk about it, but it is actually the branch that produces fruit and will bring change. Number three, to live prolifically, and this sounds really basic, live with Jesus. He says this, he says, you can do nothing without me. Obviously, Jesus knew and knows what he's talking about. See, we have a a tendency to do it without him or not include him. Include him in everything. I I think sometimes we, we think, oh, there are important stuff and then there's the not important stuff. And, you know, oh, gee, I'm going to go to church on Sundays. I better pray on the way. I need to include Jesus in that because that's a, a spiritual sort of um, exploit. But on Monday morning, I'm, um, I'm just going to hang out with some people and have coffee. And I won't really need him for that. You see, he says, you, if, but if you want what you're doing, obviously you can do all sorts of stuff without Jesus, can't you? You can, you know, I can, I can do all sorts of things without him. But what he's saying is, is you, you can actually do nothing of kingdom value without Jesus. You can actually do a lot of good stuff, stuff that people say, yeah, that's cool, great. But what he's saying is, is if, you want, if you want fruitfulness in the kingdom, you can't do it without me. In other words, include him. And, and the more that we include him into our life, the more that we find we are productive and fruitful right across our life. I, th- I think so often we, we just want to compartmentalize it to one part of our life. It's almost like, you know, that, that spiritual part or that church part or that, you know, the bit, oh, yeah, I come to church there and I serve on this team and then I... Um, and then I'm involved in, in this ministry. I'll go to this connect group or whatever. And, and that's the areas where I should be fruitful. Whereas he actually saying, no, I, I, you're a branch and you reach into all these areas. And I want you to be fruitful wherever you are in all those areas. And, and that, you know, see yourself as a branch, not a leaf. Include Jesus in everything. And, and let's remember without him that we can do nothing. You can do nothing without me. Listen, listen to the inverse of that. You see, when I'm uh, writing the points down, um, I know, I know it sounds a bit silly, but I'd rather, I'd rather write them down so that they actually read in a positive manner. And so often when you're preparing a message, you're tempted to write, do not. <laughs> do not do this, do not do that, do not. And, and often I've got to think around and, and try and get the other thing uh, uh, to, to, to actually take something that's, that's positive a way that we can apply. But, but listen to the, the, where Jesus said, you can do nothing without me. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 4.13. He 
So Jesus said, well, hey, you can do nothing without me. I need to be in everything. And, and Paul grabbed hold of that and he said, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So you, you can do nothing without Christ, but with him you can do all things. We can't do anything of kingdom value without him, but we can do all things with him. With him, all things are possible. Bearing fruit or living a prolific life is actually the most natural thing that can happen to you as somebody who's connected. I'm not going to ask for hands, but who, who feels like they need to be more fruitful? It would probably be most of us. Who, who's sort of feeling a bit challenged about how fruitful they, they are? Got hands up. <laughs> Didn't ask for them. I've got them. Problem is, that sometimes becomes a very sort of very negative, controlling thing because this guilt, don't we? Oh, I'm not being fruitful. I'm not making a difference. I'm not. I'm not doing that. And and you get into this situation like I used to find myself in at school. I I got in a lot of trouble at school. And, you know, trouble would be sort of there and I could manage it while it was at school. Well, I thought I could. And, and then when it escalated beyond a certain point, teachers would contact your parents. So then you didn't only have trouble at school, you had trouble at home as well. And so then I, I would sort of get in trouble at home and, and think, okay, I'm going to be good today at school. I remember riding my bike to school thinking about how I was going to be good. The band can join me now. And nearly every time on those days, I got in more trouble than ever. I remember one particular time I, I, I was riding to school and I was thinking about that, thinking about being good, being good, being good. And then I, I get into, it was, it was high school, I get into what we used to call class teacher period. And I was up the office before I even got out of there. <laughs> Literally taught me about 25 seconds of being in the class and I was in the office in trouble again. And there's this sense where you, you, know, you get what you focus on. In trying to focus on not being bad, I just sort of found myself in it. And there's this sort of straining and striving that often goes on. And sometimes I think in an effort to be fruitful and productive, we want to strain and we want to strive. I've got to be fruitful. I've got to, I've, I've, it's got to happen. It's a bit of a well-used analogy, but when those grape vines hang on the vine and you go and walk past that vine at night, you don't hear them going, oh, I've got to be fruitful. You don't hear that vine straining. You don't hear an apple hanging on the tree and thinking, I've got to be bigger. I've got to be redder. It just does it. Why? Because it has got the DNA inside it to be everything it was created to be. And if 
if it gets its nutrients, it gets the sun, gets the right conditions, it becomes and produces fruit. How do we make sure that we live a prolific life? You don't have to strain and strive. And I'm not making a cop out to sort of living some sort of crazy hippie life where it just sort of whatever will be, will be. No, we've got to be intentional. But number one thing is, let's make sure that we are connected to Jesus. That there is a, a life that is actually flowing from Him into us, through us and out of us. See yourself as a, as a branch that reaches, that it's going to produce fruit from season to season. You see, fruit comes in seasons. Yes, there are going to be seasons where there's going to be less fruit than others. There's going to be seasons where there will be pruning and trimming and it won't always happen. But in that season, what's the most important thing that you can do is realize that you are a branch, that you've got everything that is in you that is going to, to enable you to grow and produce fruit. And just let's make sure that we are connected to the vine which is Jesus without him we can do nothing we can do a lot of cool stuff we can have a lot of fun we can work really hard we can strain, we can strive, we can get burnt out we can get disillusioned but in Jesus we can be fruitful and we can be productive we can make a difference and hey, I think I know the conditions are right and they're there. Jesus has done the groundwork, the hard work, so that you can live a prolific life. Let's stand. Yeah.
pray for some people in just a moment. Before I do, I want to give people the opportunity to pray the most life-changing prayer that you could ever pray. And that is a, is a prayer that you just acknowledge who you are before a perfect and amazing loving God. You acknowledge that if you're going to live a, a life that matters, that you can't do it unless you're connected to Him. So this morning I've been talking about, been using Bible analogies. I've been using perhaps language that we don't always use in our society. We don't go around talking about about vines 